us, Lord. Look down upon us, O God, as we begin, Lord, to amen, walk in it, O God. Look down upon this congregation, Lord, as we're gathered here in your holy name to lift you up, to praise you, to give you glory and honor. Lord, we ask you to minister to us. Pour out your spirit upon us in this place, O Lord. Amen, God. Amen, Father. Help us, Lord, that we can have ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, and hearts that we can be converted unto you. Bless, O Lord, what takes place in this sanctuary, Lord. Amen. Minister to your people. Amen, Father. And I pray, Lord, especially for Sister Virginia Hancock, Lord, her family. Amen. Her, her children, the church there in Lufkin. Father, as she's preparing to make her journey home, we pray, Lord, that you would minister, O oh God. Amen, Lord, that she, O oh Father, would be able, Lord, to, amen, enter into that rest and that peace in you, Father, as you promised in your word. Bless, O oh God, that church, Lord, rest, Brother Ty, Sister Hannah, all them, O oh Lord, give them, O oh Father, comfort, O oh Lord, strength, O oh God, to, amen, endure, O oh Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we pray, Lord, for those, O oh God, who are here, who are in need, Lord. God, you know all. Amen, Lord. Our needs, Father, I pray that you administer unto us, God, what we need, Lord, for our bodies, what we need, Lord, for our homes, our finances, God. I pray, minister unto us, O oh God. Amen, Lord. In Jesus' name, we stand upon that promise, O oh God, that you, Lord, in you we have eternal life. So I pray, Lord, that you, O oh Father, would have your way, Lord, bind us together, that we can be of one mind and of one spirit in this place. God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Let everybody say amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated if you want to. Is Eden Genesis here? She's not? Huh? She's not here? She's not going to come? Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Well, then we have one. Amen. We have one. And as the scripture teaches us, our example is our Lord Jesus. The Bible says, you can go ahead and just stand right there. The Bible says that they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And that's what we do. We present and dedicate. Because that is what we're required to do as parents. And the scripture says in Psalms 127.3, Lo, children are inheritance to the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Mm -hmm. For their blessing, and we're to, amen, as parents take on the task, the responsibility, as the scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So that's the reason why we're here to witness. Amen. Shinona and Legacy Logan Banks. He's my great grandson, by the way. My great grandson. You can turn around, Nona. Face me. I'm going to pray for you first. 
Father, I want you to put your hand Put your hand upon Shinona. Thank you for the work that you are doing in her life. Pray that you will go before her. That you will lead her and guide her. Give her the wisdom, the knowledge, strength that she needs, Lord, to raise this little child, Father, to raise her son. God, especially to know you, to walk with you, Father, so I pray that you would impart to her that all those that we have asked for, go before her and be gracious unto her, Lord. Open up, O oh Father, the virtues of heaven upon her and upon her son. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Lord, put your hand upon Legacy Logan Banks. Put your hand upon him right now, Lord. Put your hand upon this little soul. Go before him, Lord. Be a light. Be a guide unto him, Lord. Be his peace. Be his joy. Be his love, Father. Amen, God. Bless him, Lord. Amen, Lord. Always, Father, let your presence be with him. Amen, Lord. That he can grow, Lord, to know you. That he can grow to walk with you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give him to you, Lord. We dedicate his life to you right now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Logan Legacy, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. With that being completed, you could all be dismissed to your respective classrooms. Good to see everybody here. Thank you for your prayers. It's good to be here, and God is good. Sometimes, you know, we, don't, we never realize, but we should never take for granted when the Lord spoke in His Word and He said that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Mm -hmm. Jesus, God, He's a promise keeper. Thank him for that. I want to turn your attention to Second uh, Peter, chapter one. I was feeling led to go this direction. I was going to continue on with what I've been teaching the past few Sundays, but I uh, was feeling a little different as far as the burden that the Lord gave me and. So I just said, okay, you can have your way. And Amen. I'll do my best. It's good to see everybody. Amen. Praise God. And uh, 
what is happening in this world and what is going on and I'm pretty sure all of you in here you definitely have an idea from your daily life your routine whatever it is that you encounter as you're out there and uh, of course things are starting to intensify and uh, the Bible says because the love of many shall wax cold you know sin is going to you know obviously grow and and we're, we're seeing things that we never ever thought we would see years ago but now we're seeing it it's, it's being manifest all over in our uh, communities and and in the towns and and cities and so this is a time for us to take note to wake up and to really get serious about our salvation our walk with God if we want to be uh, if we want to be accurate about what it's going to take for us to be able to amen one day leave this world we've got to come to that place of having a relationship that is going to be based upon desire deep desire love fervency all those things that you know they're the exact opposite of you know how it is that we are as far as the human nature of being relaxed and being comfortable and all that we've got to break that mold we've got to break that pattern in our lives here to become seekers of god as the scripture says we we need to strive to make it into amen into heaven second peter chapter one verse number four whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You know, see what he's saying here. That ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Having escaped the corruption. Chapter 2, verse number 20, it says, For after they, uh, verse number uh, 20, for after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, but then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Wow. These passages of scripture are obviously, in, in a sense, they're enlightening, unique in a way. There's the two scriptures that I that I was led to obviously centered around what the apostle Peter was saying escaping the corruption of this world escaping the pollution of this world and that word 
Corruption means this in, in the Greek. Flora. And that's, it means, it means this, it means decay. Or ruin. So in other words, the Apostle Peter was talking about to escape the decay and ruin of this world. And we all know this. Sometimes we're never aware of really what is happening because we cannot see what is taking place in the spiritual realm. But there are forces that we may be not aware of that are trying everything they can do to try to somehow hinder us and even bring us down to that place where we will be defiled by the world. So it's really important for you to understand and uh, you may not really get it at the beginning, but I'm just... I'm just going to say this. In, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1, and, and, and we'll be reading a little bit, verses 1 and, and 2, and I'm going to use this as a basis for what I've got to say, but what, what the scripture says here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And it goes on to say, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters so I'm going to stop right there I'm just going to use those two scriptures as a reference but in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth you know in my and I'm not a expert by no means on the Hebrew or the Greek language but I've delved in it so much to get a little understanding and of course you know in the Hebrew the Hebrew is unique in that uh, when the scripture was translated from the Hebrew from the Hebrew uh, scriptures into you know uh, uh, the King James Version there were some some words and letters that were obviously omitted because of the the I guess the tradition of translation or spelling so obviously there were some some words that were omitted from the Hebrew text and speaking about the creation but the, the the Jewish believe this the Jews believe this that when the Lord created the world he created it perfect yes. it didn't lack anything so at his first uh, his first act of creation when he created the world was perfect it was complete and and and, and obviously a paradise and so when, when you look at that but something happened Opinions suggest that a cataclysmic change occurred between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Yes. So even though those scripture verses are basically next to one another, we don't really see the whole story of it. Obviously something took place between those two statements. Yes. And, and nobody knows the time. Nobody can pinpoint the exact time, but we knew it was sometimes way back. If you think way back into eternity, God, when he created the world, he created it perfect. Yes. He created it whole. Mm -hmm. And uh, Isaiah speaks of it in Isaiah 45, 18. I'm just giving you that as a reference. But when he spoke, he said that when God created it, he created it whole. He created it perfect. He created it for it to be inhabited. So when you think about that, it was uh, obviously a perfect world. But this took place. There was a cataclysmic change amen the, the cause of that cataclysm 
in the material earth was due to a celestial moral tragedy whose perpetrators fall involved the earth. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? A change took place. Sometime between those two verses, the adversary of our soul, Satan, was evicted out of heaven. Of course, we get a scriptural picture of the war that was in heaven, and the Bible says that Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven, and where did they came? Where did they come? They came down here to earth. They came down here to this environment, to this world. And the Bible says that he's coming down having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time left. So we see that. We, we know that. That is kind of a, gives us a, a picture of what took place when that happened. And of course, Satan came down here. And as a result, this perfect world that God created, Satan came. And obviously, Satan, even as, 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 the, as the definition says, Satan came and he made this place a room. And because of that, it's in decay. Right. Amen. Amen. A beautiful, a beautiful example is this. Look at look at the life of, of man in the beginning. All the descendants of Adam and Eve and all that followed him up until the time of Noah. Because of their uh, exposure to God and exposure to that life, they they lived very long lives, nine hundred and some years longevity amen because it took that that length of time for obviously eternal life to wear off but man's lifespan became shorter so we see that we see how how eternal life affects us amen in that sense so when we look at this when we, when we see that uh, after the creation God placed man whom he created in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it and uh, at this time the world was free from any kind of degeneracy it was obviously a paradise you know why because when you read that when you read the dialogue there in Genesis 1 and 2 sin did not come into the world as of yet even though it may have been around Amen. In the heavens and in the atmosphere, sin was not in the world. It was not in the world. Are you, are you listening? Amen. And so the world was in a, a perfect, a perfect state. Now, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? In a world where there is no pain. I suffered some pain this week. It's not good to suffer pain, especially in that on that level with that intensity. Praise God. So we know pain isn't good, isn't it? When we suffer pain, we all know that. Because we all have suffered certain uh, amounts of pain, and it's not good. Can you imagine a world without sickness? We, we, live, we live in a world that has sickness. That sickness, we see sickness around. All kinds of viruses and germs and what have you that are in the atmosphere. That brings sickness. But can you imagine a world that is free from all sickness? Where you won't have to, amen, you won't be uh, 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 going through any bout of, you know, flu or, or whatever it is. Whatever kind of disease it is. But can you imagine a world that does not have that? Can you imagine a world with no sorrow? 
Can you imagine a world with no heartache? A world with no sadness? A world with no violence? A world with no murder? With no depression? With no hatred? With no bitterness? No envy? No strife? Man? And no death? Literally a perfect world, a utopia, yeah. the perfect world. Can you imagine that? Amen. It's hard to believe. But this is the world we live in, this world. But in the beginning, it was given to man. Man lived in that environment in the Garden of Eden where they were free. They were free from everything that I just listed to you. And so they didn't even know what anger was they didn't know you know anything like that they didn't know anything why because the presence of god was with them every day so their world was free from all these disparities all these troubles all these curses hallelujah but you know what we have done we have grown to live with curses <laughs> We have adapted to that. that right. We accept it just like it's nothing. Yeah. But that was the world that we that you know man used to have. The world where everything was taken, everything as far as pertaining to life was right there for them in the Garden of Eden. But what took place? What took place? Sin came. The serpent came. And he beguiled Eve through deception and lies so that she did what the Lord commanded her not to do. She disobeyed. So as a result, the door was open to sin. And as in the Hebrew uh, text, it says, when that door was open and sin came, everything in the world was defiled. Even, even, you know, we don't, we don't see in, in the natural realm. We don't see that in this, in the air that we breathe. There's, there's a lot of molecules and stuff that this, this, this air is made of. Even the molecules in, in the oxygen, even those became defiled. That's how sin moved. It's, it moves through places that we cannot see. We, we cannot, amen, uh, understand. But that's how it did. It, it moved and it defiled everything. It began to make its, amen, descent upon the world and upon mankind. Can you imagine that? I'm, I'm talking to you, the, the reality. So obviously the, the origin of all this was Satan. Was Satan. The adversary of our souls. How many of you love him? Huh? So why am I saying that? Why, why am I saying this? Why did I start out with the text that I started out with? Obviously, obviously having escaped the corruption. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world. Having escaped. Did you hear that? Yes. That we might be partakers of the divine nature. Wow. Now I've said this in past. We don't realize really the benefits that we have 
as far as coming into the presence of God. Because when we come into the presence of God, we're coming into His divine nature. What we feel when we come into this place, that's why we do what we possibly can do to admonish you, to exhort you, amen, to enter into His presence in reverence, to enter into His presence in humility, to enter into His presence with godly fear, amen, that you would acknowledge Him. Because it's that very presence, amen, that will reward us in such a way because God will, amen, pour out His Spirit. But you know what He'll do? He'll cause, amen, a reaction, if I say it that way, amen, to what it is that you and I, amen, when we walk in in our being, amen, He'll cause a reaction where we can receive, amen, we can receive that release God's Word can, amen, minister to us. It can make us whole. It can sanctify us. It can deliver us from the power of sin and the power of Satan and the power that is out there in this world. Amen. Scripture says in Romans 5, 12, and I'll, I'll read just that one verse for now, but uh, you can go there if you want to. Romans 5, 12. And just hold on because uh, I'm not done yet. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Verse 12, Romans 5. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. Wow. So we see what happened because of one man. Sin came. And Paul reaffirms this in 6, 6 23. He says, For the wages of sin is death. So here's a question I have for. Some of you that really don't understand why it's important for us to take heed to God's word. Because you know what? You're under the power of sin when you do not obey God's word. When you allow yourself to walk in that frame of mind of unbelief and doubt. Amen. Are you listening to me? Or even disobedience. When we can shake it off just as an afterthought and say, no, that's not really that important, but it is. Do we ever understand why it is we have certain things in our life that, amen, trouble us and cause us, amen, to have problems and all these things that we encounter? Do we ever understand, try to understand the source of all this? Amen. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Sad thing is, there's some of us in here that don't really know what peace is. Wow. We need to know that peace. Really to know that love. God's love. Agape love. And that joy. To really understand what it is. Let me tell you something. I may be going through some things right now. But I am very happy in the Lord. I am joyful in the Lord. I have peace. Because of his love. What about you? But you know what? You know what will mar your experience? with God and what you feel in your being is sin. 
sin will always seem to hinder, amen, your walk and your progress. So that's why we should never take it lightly. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 5, 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For it, if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now think about that. He's come into the world to give us eternal life. Hallelujah. And you know, uh, I don't mean to be redundant, but it just seems like this thought always, it's a recurrent thought. I, I, I love to preach about other things. I love to teach about other things, but, and I, and believe me, I have a lot of things I would love to teach. I would love to preach, but I can only do what I'm told to do. Amen. Praise God. So I have to be obedient to my to my Lord. Yeah. But there's one thing that, that I know he wants you to understand. He wants you to comprehend what I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning. Is that we understand the importance. If we really want to be saved, we have to be, understand the importance of our salvation. What it is. What it is that you and I have and what it is that you and I, amen, can experience. And, and are experiencing right now. Praise God. How many of you feel the presence of the Lord in this place? Amen. I always remember the first time I ever felt the Holy Ghost. Went up to the altar. Didn't really know how to pray. I was just watching everybody. I was just, I was being a copycat and I seen all the men begin to lift up their hands, so I did the same thing. I said, well, if that's what they're doing, I have to do it too. Obviously, the Lord, you know, was somehow directing me. And when I did, I lifted up my hands, and boy, and that's when I felt the Holy Ghost for the first time. I felt that, that feeling touch my hands, and it was like, it was like I touched something nice and warm and tingly. It was just like, whoosh. And I felt it, and it was very warm. I tell you what, and I thought, ooh, man, and I opened up my eyes because that, kind of, in a sense, it scared me. I think, what in the world? And, and, and when the gentleman seen that, that was there, he said, what's the matter? Are you okay? I said, no, I felt something. And you know what he said? He said, it's the presence of God. It's the Holy Ghost. He said, do you have the Holy Ghost? I said, no. But that's how real God is. That's how real God is. And we should always be in that state of mind when we come into the presence of God that we're coming here with a purpose to touch God Amen. and let God touch us. Amen. I will never forget that. But you think about it. He came here to give us that gift of eternal life. Amen. We brush up against it. We feel it. We know it feels good. Amen. It feels good, doesn't it? I know some come in here and that, you know, the worry and, and all the, you know, the cares and burden of life, all that stuff that goes on. You come in and you feel the presence of the Lord. It's just like, 
it's a time of brief refreshing. Yeah. You know, man, I, I, this feels good. But did you realize this? God wants to even go further. He wants to even go deeper. Yeah. In your being. In your spirit. So what you're feeling is just the tip of the iceberg. He wants to lead you on. So this is the reason why I'm saying this. Remember, to escape the corruption that is in this world. The decay, the ruin, is that's what's taking place. So Jesus came. When Jesus came to the earth and he began to minister, he came with a he came with a message. And what he was trying to say, and if you study the, the gospels, you're gonna find out that little by little he was trying to <clears throat> give them a, uh, an example or share it with them in such a way where they could comprehend. Little by little, he began to tell them that, hey, you need to repent. John the Baptist said that when he was preaching. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what that means is this. It's right near you. It's all around you. In other words, God's kingdom is come to you. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, God's presence is coming to you. It's all around you because that's what the kingdom of heaven is. Amen. The presence of God. So he said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is all around you. That's what John the Baptist said. And so that was the message. In other words, it made us more aware of what Jesus was bringing to us and what was there even around us. And as Paul said, if we could but happily feel after him. Hallelujah. Man, when God leads us into that place and when we can, amen, open ourselves up, it takes a humbling. It takes a humbling. We have to be humble. It's not going to happen if you can't humble yourself. If you can't humble yourself, it's not going to happen. That's why we have to, amen, we have to get rid of all the things that we know are a hindrance to us. And even the sin that we carry, amen. Any weight, the Bible says, that we carry. We have to, we have to totally take care of that. We have to, amen, give it to the Lord and say, hey, I want to humble myself to you. I guarantee you when you do that, when you humble yourself to God, God is going to be able to move into your life. Amen. So quick that you will know, praise God, that his word, amen, will accomplish and fulfill what he sent it forth to do. So think about that. So, amen, humbling ourselves unto God. In other words, you know what we're doing? We're acknowledging. Amen. It's good to see the white river group here. Amen. Deborah and Cassie. Amen. Good to see them. I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge all of you. That's the way. That should be the process. I say that because that's the way it is with the Lord. When you come into the presence of God, first thing we should do is acknowledge Him. Huh? I know you're there, Lord. Huh? How many knows He's here? Praise God to acknowledge Him. How can you not acknowledge somebody that's right in front of you? And even all around you. Huh? All over you. 
and even in you, if you so please. How can you not? How could you not acknowledge anybody? So anyway, this is this is the message that he was that he was declaring, and so he said this: the kingdom of heaven is all around you. It's at hand. It's right there for you. I didn't share this in with anybody, but the last service we were in, and they were just finishing up a testimony service. I was sitting back here like I always do. And uh, for a moment there, I was just thinking, and I closed my eyes. And uh, I thought somebody walked from where that stand is right there because I was sitting right there. It was like somebody just came walked across and they lightly brushed me. I was thinking, somebody jumped on the platform so I opened my eyes. There was nobody there. But guess what? When you walk across this platform, you feel this floor give a little bit. That's what I felt. I felt that and I said, woo. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, and here, after it happened, after it happened and they came over here, you know what? I was sitting there. I just felt this burst of energy. I felt this burst of energy. I was thinking, wow. And all of a sudden, guess what? Peace came upon me. So, man, I knew it was a visitation probably for me because God knew what I was going to be going through. But why am I saying that? I know this is a different kind of Bible study. But I want you to be aware. Every single one of you. If there is a time, even right now, in your lives where maybe you never really have been brought to that point, that point of understanding or whatever it is that you know that hinders you keeps you back keeps you from taking that step to the Lord whatever it is I want to be able to show you the contrast and help you to understand what it is that you have to do because sometimes we never realize that what we need, that what we really need, is right before us. What God wants to do as far as His presence is concerned. The greatest thing that you and I can experience is being filled with the Spirit. And walking in it. And living in it. That's the greatest experience. I guarantee you, if you allow yourself to live that kind of life, you're going to know what it's like to really, truly, amen, be happy, be joyful, and have peace, and understand love. And once you experience that, guess what? You won't have, amen, one desire to turn your back on God. Because that, that's the very... That's the very virtue that's going to keep you and sustain you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, God is going to, amen, continue to bless you 
and impart to you that eternal life. Praise God. You ever realize what it is? The dead being raised? And that's the power of the Holy Ghost in us that sustains us because we can overcome even our body, our flesh, amen, our carnality, and amen, be susceptible to the power of the Holy Ghost where we can rise up like this morning and say, Lord, I want to be in the house of God. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. And here we are. Resurrected. You know why? Because the flesh could be very dead. So Jesus said that. The kingdom of heaven is all around you. Praise God. It's in this place. It's what we walk into every time we, amen, frequent this sanctuary, this building. And we notice it. We, we, can, we can notice the difference in the way it is, what we feel, the presence of God. Amen. But I believe that the Lord wants you even to go further than just feeling his touch. God wants you to go further and God wants you to go deeper. He wants you to be immersed. He wants you to be baptized. He wants you to feel. Jesus, when he was speaking to all those religious people, he said, and when they were asking him about the kingdom of God, his answer was this. He answered and he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Certain things that we do, is not going to bring the kingdom of God. Right. Amen. Huh? Amen. We may go through a routine. You may come to church. How many times every Sunday, every Wednesday, do people come to church and they don't let God touch them? Right. Wow. Yeah. Leave her unaffected. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Not changed. Yeah. Not full of the Holy Ghost. Right. Praise God. Not delivered. Yeah. Not saved. Yeah. How many times has that ever happened to us? So it doesn't come by observation just because you come and you sit and you hear even if you just hear because it's the doers of the word so what am I trying to say I'm trying to say we need to realize what we need to do to allow God to move into our hearts and our minds and our spirit. Yes. We need to do that. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Let go of sin. Let go of the world and all those things. So he said, the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. Neither shall they say, lo here and lo there. Why is it people want to go here? And why is it people want to go there? <laughs> Seems like people always want to try to find it somewhere else and yeah. where they need to find it. You know, my my uh, my occupation or my position here as a pastor, and and obviously being the under shepherd, being an example to the flock. 
preaching the word of God. My my heart's desire is that every person that comes in here would grasp, would receive, will will obey God's word. That's my heart's desire. I guess I'm kind of uh, naive in a way that I think everybody that comes in, they're going to get it. They're going to walk out of here saved, but it doesn't happen that way. Because there's, you know, a lot of persuasion that needs to take place because people like to hold on to things that they're so used to, ways that they've been living all their life. And so it's hard for them to break that habit, whatever it is. Even the mindset, that mindset that they have, they come in here and they don't think there's nothing else. Whatever philosophy of life that you have, that you believe in. We all have that. We see that's what we live by. So when God's word comes, guess what that happened? We wrestled with that. And and, and here's that. That's something that I I have learned to realize and understand that, praise God, not everybody. So we always hope for the best. We always hope for, amen, a reaction to the word of God where people will come and they will humble themselves in obedience. Letting go of everything they know that doesn't please God. You're not going to find it over there. You're not going to find it over there. Wherever it is you're looking for it. You're going to find it here. All of you that are a member of, of this church, you belong to this congregation, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, that's how you become a member. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Right. This is where you're going to find it. Because the Lord led you here. So why do we want to, amen, keep ourselves from the very place that we know where we can experience what God has for us? Amen. His presence. Praise God. I've been reminded this week. I don't know how many different people have told me, Mr. Marshall, you're 65 years old. Your body's wearing down. That's a reality. Not a young man anymore. I ended up in the ER Friday, early Friday morning here again. And they treated me and the doctor came in. He looked at me, had a a funny look on his face. He said, Mr. Marshall, may I ask you how old you are? So I said, I'm 65 years old. And I gave him the paperwork that I received from the hospital up there in North Dakota to show them the treatment and medication that I was giving to me. So they were getting that information down and on that on that sheet, they put my birth date, uh, I can't remember the month and the date, the day, but in 1934, I think it was. So, so, so they, he came in and he said, well, on the sheet of paper that we that you gave us, they said it says you're 85 years old. I said, no, I'm only 65. But he said, 
I've got to say, I was going to say, you sure look good for 85. <laughs> so he said, I'm glad we know now we can correct that error. I said, go ahead. I'm only 65. But he said, but your body. I have to admit you, I'm, I'm humbling myself before you. Because in our minds, we always refuse to let that go. In my mind, I'm probably 35, but my body's 65. I'm going to soon to be 66 to end this month. But my body isn't what it used to be. I'm learning how to accept that right now. I'm learning how to accept that. Certain things I can't do no more that I used to do. I just can't. So I've learned how to accept that. But all this, all the things that have been happening to me in the past couple of weeks, I've learned this one thing. Put my trust in the Lord. Regardless. Because he's the only one. He's the only one that definitely, praise God, makes my life purposeful. So you think about that. You think about that. So as an old man, in, in, in Lakota they say, Tukashila. Well, I'm not that far yet. Because there's a difference. Tunkashila is a man that is older, probably 70s and 80s, if I'm right. I think Brother Craig will correct me. But 75 and 80s is, is a man that they refer to as Tunkashila. I'm what they would call Lala. Because I'm a younger grandfather. But I'm still a grandfather. So I'm saying that because I'm to that point right now where I realize and understand where I am as far as my age is concerned. And I know that be what my body's going through. And especially my wife. I tell you, we, we, we've been talking since I got back. And I said, man, we just need to accept the reality of our age. <laughs> Yep. She was worried. She said, I know it's hard for you to take care of me. I know it's hard for you to do all the stuff you do for me. said maybe I need to go into a care center where I can be taken care of so I thought about it and I said no I said Betty no as long as I'm alive I'll take care of you appreciate what God is doing yes. I want you to understand 
38 years in this position. 38 years. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to fight all the way to the end. Fulfill my calling. But here's here's the clincher. He said the king of heaven doesn't come by observation. Neither shall they say low here or low there. <coughs> For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So because of our experience and because of our salvation, we get a sample. Paul referred to that as the earnest of our inheritance, the down payment. That inheritance he's talking about is the kingdom of heaven. That we know that we are promised to be taken to once this life is over. But in order for you to enter, you've got to be filled. You have to be walking in. You have to be living in. That's what God's given us, that experience that we could have every day where we could have His presence in our, in our lives. As a contrast, objective, our objective is to escape the corruption that is in this world. Each and every one of us. So I'm reaching out to you I'm reaching out to you. I told you it was going to be a little bit different. But I'm reaching out to you. I want you to take your salvation serious. I want you to take your walk with God serious. Don't let the enemy overcome you. Don't let him overwhelm you. Don't let him bind you enslave you. God's giving you the greatest thing that you can be free. You can walk in the power of His Spirit to escape the corruption that is in this world. You know what, saints? All these years, it's been a fight. We fight, spiritually speaking, we strive to enter into those gates. We do it because we want to, we want to make heaven our home. Yeah. We fight the good fight of faith, and guess what? As Paul said, we hold on to eternal life. 
That's what we got to do. So that's my thought to you this morning. Those are my thoughts to you this morning. Take heed. Take heed. And please obey God. Thank you very much for your time. God bless you.